Hey, 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 bring it in real close here for a second. I got something serious to talk about. The name of the game that we're playing today is Disc Room. Now we know that that's dangerously close to the fantasy series by Terry Pratchett named Disc World. And I'm sure that is the series was cursed out vociferously during a very fateful design meeting. But the reality of it is, is that the name of the game is Disc Room, not Disc World. And I know for a fact I'm going to say it wrong like a bunch of times during the course of the podcast. I know this because I did it wrong in my notes a bunch. So please, just please, if you could be cool, if, I'm, if I say the wrong thing, just be cool about it, okay? I know that we're talking about the game Discworld, not the fantasy series Discworld. Oh, motherfucker! I'm Fred Edison. This is the Ocean Man Games Club podcast. That's Disc Room, the indie game by the de- unnamed development consortium consisting of Kitty Callis, Jan Willem Nijman, Terry Vellman, and Dose One, and we're talking about it today. What is Disc Room, you might ask? Well, let me tell you. It is a game where you're a little space gal, and you're running around a series of rooms on a space station. And in those rooms, there are a series of murder discs, and what you want to do is not be killed by those murder discs. That's a game. You're welcome. What an awesome description, eh? But actually, that is, that is pretty much what you do in the game. <laughs> the concept is running around playing the pacifism achievement from uh, Geometry Wars in a series of rooms that get increasingly more complicated and yeah some of the rooms feature gimmicks such as uh trying to hold a specific point lights turning on and off some of them even have teeth butthole eyes and that that's pretty cool there are you know there are bosses and that that sort of thing which are which are pretty sweet they're definitely a lot of gimmicks and twists on the core concept which is basically just Super Meat Boy only twin stick shooter where you can't shoot. But seeing as it is a game by Kitty Callis, Jan Willem, Nijman, Terry Vellman, and Dose One, we can be pretty safe in our assumption that it's not going to be that simple. And turns out because it is a game by Kitty Callis, Jan Willem, Nijman, Terry Vellman, and Dose One, it is actually not that simple. For most of the game, you're cruising at will between the various rooms that you've unlocked by completing challenges to complete more challenges to unlock the rest of the space station. But once you're, you know, approximately three quarters of the way through the game, it pivots to a far more puzzle focused design, which in and of itself isn't bad. But we're already talking about a pretty short experience, so that's a pretty big change-up for not very much time at the end of the game. Additionally, when you set up the expectation that your challenges are over and over going to be based on your ability to fulfill certain obligations in each room, suddenly switching it to, you must go do this thing in this room, fail that room, now move to another room, 
to build off of that failure in the other room to achieve a goal in this room, that is a big, big change in what you're actually trying to accomplish in the game. And that puzzle wall was incredibly frustrating. I went from loving, loving, loving the game to being very incredibly frustrated and basically being overplaying it in about 3% progression in the actual map of the game. You know, uh, frankly, the all of that kind of feels as though it is the result of the fact that the game was created by Nameless Game Development Consortium consisting of Kitty Callis, Jan, Willem Nijman, Terry Vellman, and Dose One. Insofar as that it feels like the same kind of issues that a lot of times supergroups and music have. Which is that it turns out that instead of everybody just doing their job to kind of make the best music they can, everybody kind of focuses on trying to show off why they're so great and, and use that to justify the reason that they're there. You know, the game kind of turns into predictably convoluted bullshit. And I don't think anybody would have uh, would have anticipated anything different, really, given the setup of the production. And the fact that they couldn't even pick a name. Now, I, I don't want to go in on, on a team for their own choices on their name. But the fact that they don't even have a name. The fact that everybody felt the need to be individually listed kind of indicates where everybody's headspace is at. And it really does back up the fact... That it seems like everybody is trying to justify their role. Everybody's trying to out-clever each other. And we could have just had a straight-up game, like the first 70-ish percent of it. And that would have been amazing. But instead, everybody fell like part of the way in, needed to start proving to everybody involved how clever they are. And then we get into the weird bullshit puzzles and things at the end. Now, with that said, let me be clear. The first 70% is truly great. And if you are not down for the convoluted bullshit at the end, totally understandable. I would still get it if you could get it on the cheap because that first 70% is awesome. However, if you're the puzzle guy, I would maybe avoid it because you're probably not good enough to get there. Or you are. I mean, it shouldn't act like this is some crazy hard game. But you're probably not going to be super satisfied with the first 70% of the game trying to just conquer the beast mechanics-wise. Also, let me take a step back on that for just one second. Dose 1, you know, I don't know how much you had to do with the design work, so I don't know about that. But your soundtrack is fucking slamming, dude. Got no problem with you, Dose. Fucking great soundtrack. So we need to put that out there because there's four of them and he's getting roped in where I'm not sure that he's really involved. I don't know. I don't know the dynamics of the development, but you can kind of get a vibe. Now, all this is really an issue because the game allows you to move freely from room to room, accomplishing goals, and even rewards you with room unlocks based on how many types of discs you have been killed by. And by making it so crystal clear as to what your objectives are, and rewarding things like just brute force stat accumulation, such as dying to those discs, when the worm turns to a more puzzle focus, it really does become maddening. 
as it goes from here's my box to solve using my skills and abilities that I have acquired and maybe utilizing a clever application of those abilities to how is the dev trying to outsmart me? How, you know, what is the angle and how do I solve this completing that angle? It really goes from a maybe a 80-20 split of raw skills that you have that you have and build up as far as evasion that sort of thing and 20% trying to solve the puzzle to you know very late in the game switching to about 80% trying to figure out gimmicks and more like actually 80 more like probably 65 percent trying to solve gimmicks and actually figure out what the developer was thinking to get you to do and the remaining 35 being physically being able to do it by accomplishing the the gameplay goals and i don't really believe that there's a problem with either one of those the issue is is that when you're talking about a very short experience that sets up your expectations a very specific way when you totally subvert those expectations into the actual dynamic of playing the game and what is required from the player that really I, I think that backfires in this situation because as a more action arcadey oriented guy about 70 percent of the game i'm just thinking fuck this shit when i loved 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 the game before and if you were the puzzle person you would hate the fuck out of the game until you get to the very end which you probably aren't going to do because it doesn't have all the puzzles and shit you were hoping for it really felt it feels as though it was coming along nicely everything was going good and then somebody on the development team i don't know if it was kitty callis jan willem nijin or terry Bellman or dose one but somebody said oh fuck we're gonna have to try to sell this three and a half hour game and then everybody got their brains a working to come up with some convoluted ass shit and here we are. You know, you can really tell that the uh, unnamed development consortium consisting of Kitty Callis, Jan Willem, Nijman, Terry Villman, and Dose One really thought they were on to a, uh, oh, you got peanut butter in my chocolate situation. Which, you know, that that's fair and sort of true. But in the case of the game, we're really looking at more a, you got your off-brand chunky peanut butter in my cherry-flavored dark chocolate. Yeah, it might taste fine, but I don't think it's the best combo you can come up with, that's for sure. You know, that's really what it comes down to. If you want to play Scooby-Doo while you're doing the worst twin-stake shooter achievement over and over, well then by all means, bud, this is a game for you. Better go play it. I butt buttholes with teeth. Teeth buttholes with with eyes. Teeth buttholes with eyes. That's what it is. There you go.